You are such a geek. Geek. What is a geek? Whoa, dude, is that a new shirt? No, I just uh, don't wear it often because it's long sleeve. It looks really nice on you, man. You should get more blue and yellow flannels. Thanks, man. I think this is the second episode in a row that we started with uh, you complimenting my my fashion choices. Oh, yeah. Last time you had that fucking broad collar that looked right on a human being. (laughs) Yes, sir. That's right. That was fucking crazy. Yeah, boy. Damn. I'm also coming to you guys from not on my phone. I got a a new laptop. So your boy is on the the come up. Look at you, man. Traveling to New York. Getting a new laptop, new new clothing. What's going on, Mitch? New York. Did you new win year, the new me. That's that's what I always. I fucking wish I won the Powerball. What's it at now? Two billion dollars. No, Somebody someone won. won it. Oh yeah. I mean, did they really win though? Because the fucking fat cats in Washington are gonna take their fucking cut. You know what? Though half. you could still. All right. Let's say they take half of two billion, right? They you do get a billion dollars, even if. Even if they just walked away with, let's say, eight hundred million dollars, not like they ever have to. They could, they should just leave and travel the world. And, Dude, and if I got eight hundred million dollars, I'd be at both of your houses in a helicopter. Like, get in! Hell yeah, dude! We'd be recording <laughs> this fucking podcast in a dirigible. Yeah, we'd go abduct Elon Musk and have him be our fucking guest. <laughs> oh man, We're not I, I, I'm on a, a temporary Twitter ban right now because. Uh, I said, fuck them ho-ass bitches for all the people, all the fucking Senate Republicans that just said, don't tax these corporations and make them pay their fair share. Mm. Yeah. You know I th- what? I thought comedy oh. on Twitter, you fuck-ass bitch, Elon Musk. Nah, he's a punk, dude. But also, I think we're just going to have to go full French Revolution. I, I really don't see a peaceful way into making rich people pay their taxes until like Jeff Bezos head is rolling around on some grass. We're we're not there yet, but I, I don't disagree with you at all. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I, I think the political process to getting corporations back to taking paying taxes would take so much longer than just Joe Biden walking up to a camera and be like, and if you don't pay your taxes, we're coming for you next. Like, what are you going to do, you old-ass crypt keeper-looking-ass fuck? Dude, he just has to let go of a string. <laughs> and we here we are, recording on Election Day 2022. This is... Midterms. The, the Midterm Geeks. I am one of your hosts, Matt Oren. I'm Jake Becker. And I'm Midnight Miss Jones. Do I sound okay? Like You sound good. Great. Microphonally? Yeah. Hell yeah. I feel like I'm I, listening to the voice of an angel. Hell yeah! <laughs> i can't even tell you how nice it is to talk to you fellas on a laptop rather than on my phone heck yeah i know the difference i appreciate that um yeah shout out to my boy chris uh, i don't know if you want me to say your last name on here but he hooked me up with a laptop from his mm. company that was he he works for an IT company that does IT for IKEA and they just re-upped on all their tech and then yeah. IKEA bought them out and was like we have to use IKEA approved tech so they just had a bunch of old 
new tech that they had to get rid of. So he hooked me up. Nice. Nice. So what'd you get? Shout out. Uh, it is a Dell Ooh. computer. I don't know <laughs> what kind of. <laughs> keep keep the porno on your phone, Mitch. I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to drop some knowledge there, some some data, and then you're... Oh, you want me to go into the sysadmin and give you the specs? No. Because I'm good, because I don't know how to do that. You pull up the terminal and hit LS, and then I'm so mad I know the answer to this. Whoa, what are you like... <laughs> wait, this, is this instructions for Mac or a PC? Linux. So, oh, well, at any, oh. at any rate, yeah. I'm, uh, we're doing it, fellas. I, I feel good. I feel great. Yeah. How are you guys doing? We didn't record last good. week. No, yeah, but we, we had an episode. Week. We did? I, I I think it posted last week. I put it off until Monday, probably. Oh, yeah, that's right. I thought yeah. you were going to be like us. We had a manic episode. <laughs> we, were up, we were up in a tree, Lund style. How could that be? Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Nathan Lund, I fucking... Ran into him on at JFK coming back from New York. Nice. Same plane? <laughs> yeah, same plane. Believe it or not. Him? <laughs> no, he was in boarding group D, but I'm I'm a classy bitch, so I was in boarding group B. Oh. B as a boysenberry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was weird. So uh, yeah, you guys were an hour late getting home. And then Nathan rushed to Trinidad to give me the file for our podcast. And then <laughs> Pod Bean went down for maintenance a half an hour early, and I couldn't post our episode till Monday. That's oh. some ho-ass shit, dude. Is that oh, the one where was. Nathan interviewed the Kermit the Frog for like a half episode? <laughs> uh, I'd take your word on it. I haven't listened to it yet. I, that's like the fastest flip edit I've ever done. Nice. London's talking to frogs. I mean, Kermit D. Frog here. Well, right. It wasn't. It was something auditorily similar yet legally distinct from Kermit the Frog. A lot so, of Sam's voices are in that neighborhood. Titans. Yeah. Titans. Oh, Did you fuck, watch I it? haven't watched it. I haven't please, please talk about it though. Please. I want to watch it. I don't know it. anything. Well, I mean, I can talk about it really low spoilers because there's not much to spoil yet. But All right, bah, good. Bah, Let's hear bah, it. Bah, bah, it opens bah, the fourth bah, season. Tim is now in the group. Well, he gets kind of added to the group in the first episode. Yeah. But yeah. kind of as like a pet more than a team member. Mm-hmm. And then Dick gives, gives him the bow staff. Ooh that extends like dick's classic bow yeah and tim's in the books i guess to be fair how does and, he uh, how does he fight Did they show him fight Did he train no it, it's he gets gifted it and then when he's like i don't know what to do with it dick's Got like it. well then i guess i'm gonna have to train you every day we're meeting tomorrow first time and it's like just a sweet moment where you can tell like tim's becoming part of the team but when he says like hey i got a present for you while we're here because they go to star labs yeah uh Tim immediately, like, without being bashful at all, was like, you got me a Robin suit? And Dick just is like, no. <laughs> Shut but, up, like, bro. He kind of giggles at him, like, no. And Jesus Christ, I can't believe you just outright asked. That and then is Star's, funny. Star redoes their vehicle and gives them a car. And Tim immediately goes and tries to drive the car. And Dick's like, get the fuck out of my chair. <laughs> Nice. Oh, See, goodness. I always uh, associate Tim with the bow staff. I almost, I think, when I think of Dick, I think of the two extremist dicks. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. The more yeah, night he, he beats up the people with the batons and shit. Yeah. He had the bow first, though. Even in the books, that's his bow that Tim's using. 
Maybe. Oh. Didn't, yeah. didn't yeah. Damien take it on as well? Uh, Damien has one, but I think he made it clear when he was serving under Dick that it's not Dick's because Dick can't build things good. He was serving under Dick. Bow chicka bow wow. It's obvious that Brother Blood, they've kind of started to like slow burn introduce him um what's the other broad from the second episode i forget the title of the episode hold on um how many episodes are out three two two they just did two two. as of election day 2020 yeah two the first week um it's not really i don't it's not really a holiday the only holiday on november 8th that i recognize is jake becker's birthday Jake, I, I was born on a presidential election day. Oh, really? Yep. And uh, and you got a presidential erection right now on camera. Yeah, Ooh. that's why I ate those two chicken fried steaks before <coughs> we did this. I wanted to have enough gravy in me to give you guys the meat. Uh, <laughs> Fuck Arby's. Jake Becker's got the meats. So wait, wait, so wait what election? What, what election was? Thirty eight. So it would have been George H. W. George H. W. Versus yeah. Dukakis. And it was the last one in Colorado where bars and liquor stores were not open until polls closed. Oh, oh, really? Yeah, Colorado used to have a lot of blue laws. I mean, we just got rid of the liquor sales on Sunday recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Car sales are illegal on Sunday here. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of blue laws for a state that's never been super religious. We had a lot of laws that were influenced by Utah and super religious state. Interesting. Mother Mayhem shows up. That's pretty dope. Oh, nice. Uh, Beast Boy gets his costume. And he starts uh, what... to be able to really shift into other creatures. Well, uh, I hint he, that. he's shifting into other creatures, but um they it's really scary like the first two the first episode at least like felt like they were maybe shooting to release it on halloween like nathan oh nate balding said something about it in the chat Interesting. how like these first couple of episodes felt like they're good and they're going towards something but i think the main storyline is the b storyline from these first two episodes i think they're just giving us that horror up front because they were planning on getting it out right around halloween interesting okay it's uh, Lex Luthor in the first episode is dying and trying to get a hold of they the the spell they use is Astrios, which is the first half of Raven's shit. Yeah, and then stuff starts going haywire. People are basically getting like possessed and bleeding out of their mouth till a snake emerges out of their body and you were like i'm two episodes in you we have no fucking clue what that's about yet Ooh, that uh, sounds terrifying it happened in halloween three season of the witch okay I, the I i could the way they did it it seemed like it was probably a pretty heavy-handed reference to something hmm. um yeah it's really good it's uh i'm glad it's still going i'm more glad i don't know i'm glad this is going i'm really happy that doom patrol is going too though is it is it back it's coming back the december 8th one month oh yep. yeah i got a lot of watching to do but the up. new Titans, the new titans is really uh high grade i'm i'm happy with it is it the whole season or is it just like the first three episodes that's week to week like they did last time first two episodes and then week to week okay cool i like that and i think i think they'll cross i think there'll be like one week where both episodes are coming out them and doom patrol and then mm-hmm. we'll have doom patrol so i think they spaced it out pretty nicely too you think there's going to be some kind of spillover or some uh no not like that wait i mean maybe but i'm not far enough into the story yet to see it coming but um because at some point is uh vic gonna move on i mean p- 
Possibly, yeah, especially since they've kind of moved to Metropolis, uh, and I think this is the beginning of maybe them making their way to the West Coast. Um, Wasn't there a Doom Patrol episode of Titans, or the other way around, a Titans episode of Doom Patrol in season one? Yeah, I think it was yeah. the Beast Boy intro. Or... Yeah, that's how they explain ah, that's what it was. That's Boy. right, that's right. But, I mean, that's their connecting thing anyway. It's like Beast Boy, could, they, they don't need much of a reason to need to use Beast Boy for a Doom Patrol mission where they all get back together or something. Right. But, yeah, it's kicking ass. Um, I'm really hoping, now that James Gunn's in charge, that um, he has oh. the courage to just kill Zaslav. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that he'll do style. a good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think there was a right of secession there. Uh, uh, I think that would probably hurt his case. Yeah. <laughs> he got in his contract. I'm second in command, right? At <laughs> mm. mm. <laughs> two. <laughs> yeah, one can only hope that's what would happen, but it wouldn't. Uh, no, I'm, I'm hoping Gunn. now that they've hired him and given him that power that he'll be really in control and Zavlov won't be able to step on him again now that he's placed his guy in charge. I'm hoping James Gunn will be divorced from having to deal with the guy who owns the company at large. That's cool. Or, or I mean, it sounds like he's already making waves because he's he shared something today that was like a Lobo. Um, like it was just the bottom half, but people figured out that it's a picture of Lobo. So oh, okay, yeah, that rules. I know he said something during Peacemaker that Lobo was one of the things he was interested in. Oh, I'd nice. love to see Lobo. He'd be fun. Done well, I think it'd be. If, done by the people who handled Peacemaker, I think it could be a fucking space <laughs> opera, man. Done yeah, by gun. Done by gun. Did they have a picture? It's just uh, like no. a teaser image of him kind of looking at something. I heard it. Is. I got it. Yeah. It's uh, hard to find because everybody's leaving Twitter. He put, glad to be here. And it's a picture of Lobo smoking a cigar, standing on a pile of skulls. The main man. The main man. I love Brad Garrett as Lobo on Superman, the animated series. Yeah. He's so good. Yeah. What was what was an episode? Didn't they have an episode with um, the... The space cab, the space taxi. I think that was on Justice League Action, right? Yeah, um, and they had a couple of episodes, but I think Brad was him on that as well. Really? Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. He just got the voice for it. Mm. No, it wasn't. It was DiMaggio. Oh, well. DiMaggio was on, on he Justice was Lobo. League Action. Yeah, he was Lobo on Action. All right. Well, that was a fun episode. I saw that. DiMaggio if he got like just 15% in shape would probably be pretty fun to watch in a wig and the makeup just being Lobo. Yeah. He's a pretty big dude. If I remember correctly. Yeah. And I don't think he'd have to get like in superhero shape, but if he just like got a little arm heft and lost some weight in the face, I feel like he'd be a pretty great, like, all right, brother, riding that big space hog. That'd be dope. Yeah. Um, let's see. What does he look like? Is he just too big? Oh yeah. I haven't seen what he looks like for real, probably in a couple of years. Does a lot of good stuff. What do you, what kind of money do you think he makes? Who John DiMaggio? Yeah. Uh, well, I know he just made a fuck ton of money holding out for uh, coming back for the the re reboot of Futurama. Right. Because right. that was the big thing where they were he, they had cast everyone except him. And he said, "Bite my shiny metal ass." He's got a net worth of ten million dollars. Uh, yeah. I don't know if I necessarily believe all those on Google though. No, I don't really believe him much at all. Oh, this is off of uh, celebritynetworth.com. Moviepoopshoot.com. I, 
I'd tell you somebody to look up that would prove it's wrong, but I don't want Image to have to edit anything. Oh, we should do that. Does it rhyme do with? It. Was it? Is it rhyme with Graham Talent? No. <laughs> or BJ Moeller? I sent it in the chat. <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah. I really like how I can use the chat and also talk to you fellows now. It's uh, handy. Interesting. All right. Yeah, because that one comes up pretty high. And I know what kind of automobiles he sleeps in, so. <laughs> it might not even be listed. It was. I've looked it I looked it up before. Not on this was, site. Okay. It was listed after a certain movie production happened. Fair enough. Well, he doesn't make enough to make this site, so. Or he can, he was mad about it, so he might have contested it and had it taken down. Because so I think it was maybe affecting some sort of alimony argument. Oh, here's another place, networthpost.org where he's listed at 1.5 right does that seem accurate it could be uh, it's not <laughs> just saying uh, not everybody's yeah you're right not everybody's net worth is actually what it is we we know that you're right but by the factor his is off by i'd assume john dimaggio's worth like two million well i mean voice yeah. actors famously have made shit like the only ones who've ever made out were the simpsons cast yeah, right hundred thousand dollars an episode for a 22 episode season yeah but like mel blanc was doing it partly because he was good at it and partly because man i'll take any job i need more money yeah i mean he was all the looney tunes he was all the looney tunes he was a handful of hanna-barbera characters ai mm -hmm. recognizes him as i forget the number but he can do thousands of voices that ai doesn't recognize as a unique person and most humans can't do too mm -hmm. and, and he was variating his voice so much and he had an enlarged larynx when he died they studied him he, he did have a weird system in his throat but he can manipulate his voice to like where like when you watch mel blanc you don't know you're hearing mel blanc when you listen to john dimaggio if you know what he sounds like you can hear him in almost everything he does right you Fair. can't hear you can't hear blanc in everything he does although mm -hmm. i liked in uh what's that what's that movie strange brew where he does the voice of their of their dad yeah and it's a very classic uh character voice yeah oh he did some standbys but the fact that like there's ones you just can't tell like barney rubble doesn't sound anything like any of the looney tunes not even a little bit. Yeah. What about that one lion? Hardy har har? No. The lion's like, no, I guess that doesn't sound anything at funny. Like, oh, I'll, uh, shut, I'll shut up now. Not snaggle. Snagglepuss. Uh, <laughs> Exit. Stage right. Yeah, what's what's the name of the guy you, you're doing? I forget. Phil, no. No, it wasn't him. I know who you're going to say. I don't remember his name. Yeah, but Hanna-Barbera had a different cast. They just went to Mel for certain things that were like gang recorded, like yeah. the Flintstones, because they had a bad relationship with Warner Brothers. Fa famously, Chuck Jones only referred to them in slurs when I was a kid, and I was talking oh, to him. <laughs> yeah. He, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it still cracks me up that he did tom and jerry for free just to fuck over two guys like that's an insane amount of work to take over just to be petty especially for guys who are all already like millionaires by the, those days money standard like imagine elon musk taking over chevy for free <laughs> i can see that happening. i mean he might his signature <laughs> move is i do dumb shit i know but like that's the amount of work because drawing cartoons back then was like you know a 75 hour fucking work week and chuck That's took true. on a second project for no pay just to fuck two guys he kind of didn't like yeah, everybody needs a hobby i know i just it's like the most beautiful petty thing i've ever heard of a human doing and then following through on
Yeah, it's pretty awesome. It's Did you watch the the new Quantum Leap? Speaking of the voice of an angel, Mitch. Did you watch? No, but I have watched everything except for the most recent one. And goddamn, I love this show, dude. I got Leslie started watching it. I got a handful of people watching it, and I've had more than one of them be like, "I was." gonna give it an hour and just let you know that i fucking hated it but it's really good dude it's so good i was just and we talked about this privately but there's some setting on your peacock where whoever watched it was watching it with like scene descriptions for the visually impaired (laughs) and i didn't know what the fuck was happening because it was just like something would happen and then it would be like ben looks pensively towards addison addison gulps or whatever and i was like the fuck and then, like, I was like, okay, that was weird. And then it kept going. And then it was like, Ben steps into a machine. Concentric circles whirl all around him. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, this is, and I love narration. And it, yeah. I was like, I kind of was just like, oh, I get it. It's like the 80s or something. Like, like, I was trying to rationalize it. But then I found that you had this setting on. And then, even weirder within the Peacock app, if you turn the setting off and then rewind the, the actual, uh, timeline it turns the setting back on for some reason so i kept being like maybe this is in the show this is so fucking bizarre but then once i figured out what was going on i was just like okay cool cool cool. and man i fucking love it i've never even watched the original quantum leap although i am aware of it through family guy references (laughs) yeah but even without seeing the original one do you get what i was saying about like you can tell this is handled by some nerd yeah it gives 10 tons too much of a fuck yeah i'm i'm 100 percent convinced that they're trying to eventually get back to sam beckett right uh without spoiling anything in the mid-season finale they they start to tell you what he's ben remembers why he's leaping right at the end of the episode oh marmalade fuck so i gotta he- watch this he like buries the lead and tells you the main reason why he's leaping but not really and oh, like really? says it says it to addison and then leaps and then the episode's over fuck man i really like how the, he leaps and then they show part of what he leaps into for like the end of the episode and everything ends on a cliffhanger yeah i also like that the next episode starts with the same scene instead yeah. of like from a different angle or with different dialogue or an alternate take that they use that scene which i think might be annoying in a binge watch but when you're watching it week to week it's refreshing that they don't try to gaslight you into it being moved six inches to the left in a slightly different right so the wait let's say let's recap the first one he goes back and he's at the uh that's the bank heist one right the first one is the bank robbery where he's the getaway driver and he's never driven a stick and that's right. in like the late eighties. Yeah. If the I second one, right. he's he's an astronaut. I'm pulling it up because I when I tried to list them off to Leslie earlier, I was so wait. The third one, he oh, doesn't ahead, get any of their memories or anything. No, well, he doesn't get their memories, but he kind of does. So like in one in one episode, the the next one, number three, he becomes a boxer, boxer. Mm-hmm. and he doesn't know how to fight, but the body he's in does. All right, so there's muscle memory. Well, Andy's like taking over that person. They're just not sharing a mind. So there's also like intelligence and shit there. Their physiology and all is working. He's just inserted himself in their consciousness. Yeah. And like episode three is about him learning. Like sometimes you got to let the person you're in's consciousness kind of run the show because the, the guy he left into was was a southpaw. 
he was a left-handed fighter and ben fights right-handed so the the brother who's the his fighting coach is like why are you fighting right-handed yeah and then the one one after that is cowboy nope it's 1980s where he's uh even sandoval yeah the bounty hunter agent and then and then the cowboy where he's the old mexican sharpshooter yeah and and then the 1989 yep 1989 earthquake in san francisco and then the exorcism oh man matt if if you like horror movies which i know you do i do you will really dig this one episode of quantum leaf where he jumps into a priest doing an exorcism in the 1930s a vatican exorcist not just like a local priest who's going to attempt an exorcist like they already had a local priest attempt this exorcism, and what? now the Vatican sent a priest, and he's jumping into the Vatican priest's body. Yeah, his priest, Father Guido Sarducci. <laughs> yeah, dude, and that one's that one's really cool. It's a cool timepiece. Uh, yeah, you'd fucking flip for that episode. And then the next one's uh, Stand by Ben, which is the most recent one where he transports into a 16-year-old kid, also named Ben. So the cliffhanger for this episode, at the end of the last one, you see these teenagers turn to him, and they're like, come on, Ben. And your brain's like, wait, do these kids know who the fuck he is? What's <laughs> happening? And then you find out, like, right after they say that when in the next episode, when he's like, huh? And they're like, Ben, come on. And then he's like, what are, what are we doing? And they're like, Ben, we talked about this all day yesterday. And he's like, oh, okay, I definitely left. This is something weird. But that one's about a group of teenagers escaping a, uh, what, 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 what's the actual term for it? They're escaping a super abusive school in the Southwest that hmm. existed when we were all kids. Well, maybe not you, Matt. I think that was more when me and Mitch were kids. There's still I, a thing. Yeah, I, I didn't get capital punishment. No, but these are those special schools they set up, which like now if you send your kids, I think you're a real abusive piece of shit. Mm. But back in the 90s when they were painted as like, hey, do you have a straight A student that got caught smoking a joint? You just really need to make sure they're set straight. And then they found out like all these schools were locking kids in sweat boxes and abusing them. A military school. They were like military schools, but they weren't all military because it wasn't all for like, that's the thing. They weren't all for full on delinquents. A lot of those schools were for kids that were like ever so slightly fucking up and making their parents worried because when they first started to sell them to parents, they weren't saying like, we're going to beat your kids and set them straight. They were like, hey, you know, we'll we'll get your kids in line. We'll show them a little bit about how it works outdoors. We'll, we'll like, let them hang on their own decisions for a little bit and teach your kids some stuff. And that's what I mean. I think in the late 80s and early 90s, if you sent your kid to one of those alternative schools, a uh, Dr. Phil got in a lot of trouble for financially taking kickbacks from one of these schools and sending kids that were featured on his show to the school. And he knew fucking black and white what they were doing to these kids. And he was convincing families to send kids on his show to this school where he knew what abuse they were doing because he was getting a fucking financial kickback. But it's about these kids escaping one of those schools and it's a group of like five teenagers on the run and I don't want to tell you what the leap part is, but it's it's a good one. It's a good episode, Mitch. But it's the first one in the series that I feel like if if he had succeeded in the past, it would have greatly altered history. Yeah, that's the one thing I wonder about the ripple effect of what he does in the past. Because, like, wouldn't it change the present that all the Quantum Leap team is in? I don't, but that's what I mean. I think a lot of the things he's fixed wouldn't drastically change history. He just mm. prevented some 
buddy from dying who was already an adult and had probably already done the thing that made their impact in life. I mean, that one with the astronauts seems like it would be a pretty fucking poignant point part of history. Well, that's what I mean. But what would that ripple effect be that another ash, two other astronauts didn't get promoted? Yes. Mm. Like I did, they didn't discover anything. They didn't do anything new. The trip just went the way it was supposed to go. And I don't think that would have altered NASA's plans at all. Like that's everything he's done. He saved somebody like that family in the earthquake, like he saved somebody, but he like kept a family from getting a terrible divorce after losing a, a kid. Like yeah, but as long as that also... kid is destined to be a Guiguo and not grow up and change the world, there's not really a ripple or the kid, like as long as the kid's pretty in- inconsequential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the kid ends up inventing some like process for building stuff that is earthquake proof. So that would drastically change history and architecture in general. Right. Well, no, because the thing the kid invents already exists. So it just means that he beat somebody else to the market. So a fortune changed hands. I don't know, man. Doc Brown would be like... In this one, though, he succeeds at basically like exposing the school to the media. Mm. And then that means if he had done that, these schools wouldn't have existed as prolifically as they did for another 20 years. And like the workforce would be different. Like a lot, it would, it's not one or two people's life he's affecting. He's affecting thousands and thousands of teenagers lives, which would probably affect the outcome of the future more likely than like one or two 40 year old people's lives. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That bitch in the exorcist dude that fucking sees him. Which one? The sick girl. Oh yeah, she sees him as an angel. She sees him as Ben. Yeah. What Instead the of... fuck? Yeah, yeah, why why would that be? It's weird. It didn't make sense in the episode and it seems like they're starting to kind of like breadcrumbs about shit like that because they definitely tried to imply that in the next episode everybody was going to know who Ben was and then you find out they don't. But these kids like catch him talking to Addison and Mm -hmm. then he like basically says like he's talking to his imaginary girlfriend and they all just go with it. But there's like points where he's like arguing with Addison and adults will be like, who's he talking? They're just like, shut the fuck up and let him do his thing. (laughs) Don't worry about who he's talking to. He's talking. He's talking to something that's giving us answers that teenagers don't have without the Internet. So don't worry about it. He gets working. So they like believe him. Yeah. And then in the cowboy one, there is another person jumping or leaping. Mm. from the future that's an interesting uh like because uh, i don't think sam beckett ever had anyone else that was leaping like that right no and oh man i hadn't really thought about that in depth i think that has implications with what ben says at the end of the mid-season finale leaper x oh man it might be a leaper x <laughs> oh dude it, oh you need to watch the fucking mid-season finale bitch i'm gonna i gotta do this mountain of laundry so i'm gonna pop it on uh right after we're done here matt i i know usually we don't listen to what jake says about watching shows until a few <laughs> years from when he says it but we should listen to him he was right this about reboot rules. he was right and, about quantum leap and I abbott elementary it, I, I love abbott elementary i got uh I don't know. I've got that recommendation from you, though. I feel like I started it on on my own. I'm going to take credit for that. However, I did go to Quantum Leap, and I I was going to start it the other night and ended up going to sleep. I think we have it on recording when I told you to watch Abbott Elementary. (laughs) Let's go to the tapes. (laughs) I say go to the tapes. I I challenge it. I think you might have already seen it and had it. Like it was one of the things I think when yes. I brought it up, you weren't like, oh, I'll check that out. You were like, I'm going to check that out. Maybe, but I, mm-hmm. I, either way, I will check out but Quantum Leap. 
Are so, you caught up on Abbott? Um, I I started a rewatch because I'm watching it with Ez now. Okay. But I'm not caught up on Abbott. Okay. The Halloween episode was hysterical. Yeah. There's like, there's like, did you see that one with the kid who's Thanos? No. There's a kid dressed up like Thanos who starts to like Thanos the school. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. And then the newest episode was about a private school filming them against like without their knowledge really. Oh. And then and then making an ad about how shitty the public school was with all of them. When using all that, oh, that's fucked up. And them trying to get it shut down. Dude. It's pretty good. That's hysterical. Yeah, it's it's one of my top shows for sure. Yeah, it's really it's a really sweet show. It it hits all the necessary feels. It does a really good job of of putting out its message. It's funny. It it kind of reminds me of um hmm. There's a certain quality. It's not as slapsticky as Scrubs, but Scrubs always had a strong, endearing quality to it. Well, I think similar to what Scrubs did back then, it's also got like archetypal people mm-hmm. that aren't aren't the main ones that get struck on generally, or they have idiosyncrasies and like levels to them that are almost uh, you know counterintuitive. Like the the characters are unique. It's not the kind of show where you relate to everyone. Right. But you empathize with everyone and they're all full ass people that are very real. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of scrubs back then, too, when everything was friends and cheers and everything fit into these five types of people. And then scrubs was like, what about a goofball who has a serious job and copes with everything the wrong way with his best friend on that job? <laughs> And the doctor who handles the stress by just being like a chef like asshole to everyone that works under him. Yeah. And they they changed the dynamic, but still made them full people mm-hmm. so that you were like excited. You, you cheer for everybody in, in different moments, even though you, you don't see yourself in them. Right. Even Dr. Kelso. Especially Dr. Kelso. I mean, if I saw myself in any of them. <laughs> it was the mean ass Dr. Kelso. It was the mean balding guy with a fro who just like had, couldn't help himself but yell. If he smoked as much, much, much weed as I do, I feel like he'd be pretty similar to me. You're talking Dr. Cox. Not Bob oh, my Kelso. bad. Bob Kelso's the old man. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my bad. Kelso rules. Bob Kelso. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't rewatched it because they took all the music out and it's unbearable now. Why did they take the music out? What are you talking about? It was one of those shows that they made with like peak studio money when they didn't see forever syndication coming yeah. or streaming rights. And it's got like pop hits in every episode, but they were like, they knew they were getting the rights, so it's like in, they built scenes around songs, and then like the rights how to those save songs. Yeah, so the rights to those songs would be so expensive in streaming, and streaming companies don't recoup money by selling physical copies, where they give them a portion of that. Yeah, they just have like set amounts they want, and there's nothing they can do about it. So they go back in and re-edit the soundtrack. Friends has a lot of music cut out of it, but huh. Scrubs has like all of the music cut out of it uh that was like uh if you for a while you were buying dvd sets of married with children yeah Uh, it didn't have the frank sinatra love and marriage song at the beginning it was like a stock music uh similarity song it made me sell like i bought i used to work at this place where i would buy a bunch of dvd sets and then uh it made me sell all of the married with children's i got because i was like what the theme song has gone fuck this yeah Yeah. and when it and it's that same thing on scrubs where they don't get like 
different music or something in the same vein, they get like really shitty knockoff public domain music right. that like kind of sours the whole thing. Right. Hang on, I'll be right back. Okay, Kelso. Yeah. <laughs> Bob Kelso. No, he's the hot one from that 70s show. Who is? Mitch. He's hot Kelso. Oh, Dr. Kelso. Dad he's, Kelso, fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. he's he's Wigwo Kelso. Parents Bob have Kelso. to pin letters to his collar, even though he's 18. <laughs> That's, that was like one of the jokes on that show that every time I think of it, it makes me laugh. When he shows up to talk to Red, yeah. and he just points at the letter his mom has attached to his jacket, and he's taller than Red. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a funny fucking bit. Whoever came up with that in the writer's room is hilarious. Gold. Gold, I tell you. Are you watching anything else good? You know, I'm not. It's kind of sad, actually. I... Sad. You're a good family, man. He's always doing <laughs> cool shit. No, I want to watch more TV. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I couldn't even tell you. I'm. I'm. Uh, I've cycled through a couple of the channels. I, I watch a lot of trailers, you know, and and I don't even know why. I just feel like I want to watch rock. something. Yeah, they do. They do. I get. I get a whole bunch of mini movies, and then I feel like I've watched a a marathon of stuff, and I'm and I'm ready to be done. And there's something to be said about like that, like anticipation excitement they give you. I mean, I'm looking at. Um, my girls are really excited, excited about Wakanda forever. Nice. So I'll have to figure that out. Like, should we go out and see it? Or I don't, I don't know. I definitely want to see it. Yeah, you I definitely bring them down to it. Trinidad where it's way safer to be at the theater. <laughs> well, we're not going till next weekend. Dang. Okay. We could wait a week, but then I can't talk about it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to swing it. Because the only day off I have is Thursday, and they don't show movies on new movies on Thursday in Trinidad. Bummer. I know. Uh, well, I know. It's a small price to pay. I know. Yeah. So other than that, I've I've been trying to. I wanted to check out Quantum Leap. I did get it ready, uh, but I'm just watching whatever whatever she's watching, and then we we move it into. I was watching Bob's Burgers the other night because it's just still so good. What I will say about the new Quantum Leap yes. is that it's very much. A story about two people working through a very hard relationship problem with a shitload of grace. Yeah. And it's, and it's like sweet the whole time. It's not dramatic and like, a, oh no, what is this? Who's this dickhead? The whole time you're like rooting for both of them. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, I think it'd be a good show to watch with Ez just because the way that like the way the, the, the wife involved in this thing has to like deal with it is pretty badass. Like she's, she's the badass of the show. It's the lady. Addison. Right. Okay. Yeah, like, I've seen clips of it. it. Looked pretty cool. Honestly, you could probably watch it with the girls. It's network. There's nothing too bad on it. It's like exciting and action filled. I bet you could have guys all watched it as a family. Oh, you know what? We did finish. We finished watching Paper Girls. Woo! And they really liked that show. They were kind of bummed, obviously, that there wasn't going to be a another season or at least not yet not yet if enough people keep watching it and like i said they keep changing the art for it and promoting it on amazon so i feel like maybe it's not doing that bad yeah yeah they're just uh you know they're just creating a false sense of panic well i don't think it's a false sense of panic it's more that smart people's money is on it not ever being renewed because there were problems and with the showrunner and production and the studio didn't like each other 
Yeah. But the show came out great. So fucking put a new showrunner on it. I would agree. I really, I really did like the show. It was fun. It was, it was an interesting premise, I suppose. Yeah. And I'm curious when they, did you see the finale? Yeah. Where did, where did they end up? Did they end up at the year that they were born? That Tiffany was born? I think so. Like, I'm thinking they want to stop this cycle of time travel by taking out Dr. Yeah. I think they're trying to close the whole loop. Got it. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, and same thing. It's a group of girls where, like, they're all kids you care about, but they're not all people you're going to empathize with. They all have, like, really specific, different motivations. They get into, like, what traumatized them as kids, Yeah, and it's all very different. So it's not like you feel for each kid, but it's one of those shows where, like, the greatness is, is, like, they wrote the shit out of these characters. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I've never been a lesbian girl who couldn't be honest with herself, but goddamn, was that shit powerful. <laughs> and they did it without being crazy ham-fisted about it, just like her bashfully trying to ask her future girlfriend questions. Oh, yeah. That was wild. Poor fucking kid. Yeah. Yeah. Just being at a time where you don't even know it or you won't you can't accept it you can't even acknowledge it to yourself and then you see this thing that you've probably had arguments with yourself about like being stoked and having a chick that you're way into yeah i thought it i thought it was good i i I had a fun time with it trying to keep up with some of the stuff though was a little hard but all in all it was fun you put a big gap in it too, because it's even hard for me to reflect on it. A lot happens for sure. Yeah, and I, I had to try to explain the loop. Yeah, to my, to my kids. I mean, they picked it up, but it's like, at what point did that loop form? And right. where did it branch? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was talking about the Mac Paper we, Girls. Matt. Paper Girls. It. Oh. I finished it. It was good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, young Young Sheldon really hit a stride this year. <laughs> Oh, never thought I'd hear that. <laughs> I mean, like, dude, fuck Big Bang Theory right in its red hot asshole. But uh, young Sheldon's like maybe one of the funniest fucking things on TV and forever. Really? Yeah. Dude, it's Craig T. Nelson's hilarious. He's playing an old man hornball who's trying to fuck. Uh, what's the hot lady from Ghostbusters? Sigourney Weaver. No, Andy the hot ones. Thank you. Annie Potts is a smoke show. This is the oldest person I've ever seen that I would definitely throw bones at. Annie Potts is always great. Dude, she Ghostbusters, what do you want? Holy shit, she's 70. Yeah, and she can get it, dude. I'd break both those hips. Oh, my. Craig T. Nelson wants to and has on the show. He is crushing it. But, good, good like, it's so fucking funny, man. And the family is so good. The kid who plays his older brother is, like, one of the funniest people I've seen in a long time. And then they just put a movie out on Netflix that I watched last week called uh, Legacy of a White-Tailed Deer Hunter with Brolin and Danny McBride oh, wow. and this and this kid who plays his older brother. And the movie's supposed to be from 2018, but the kid's like 10 years younger than he is on the show. Yeah. And Danny McBride and Brolin look younger. So I think it's like an indie movie that just got distribution in 2018. Mm. But the kid is a fucking riot in that movie, too. The kid is just a comedic little shit show genius. Like, he's fantastic. I want this kid to be world famous. He should be like Stranger Things kids level famous. This kid is fucking hilarious. His delivery, his facial acting, the whole thing. His country accent that's just like a little bit there. He's just a little bit Texas. Uh, I guess you have a white-tailed deer hunter is, is a Jody Hill movie yeah it was really good huh. really really good movie it's it's on netflix recently and it's really really good does it say when it was actually made mitch july 6th 
Uh, it was released by, at South by Southwest March 10th, 2018. And but it when was did they released make it? Uh, probably 2017 because no 2018, way. Well, July 6, 2018 is when it had a, a limited release in the United States. Yeah, but I, I, dude, it must have been shelved for a while. I'm telling you, this kid isn't fucking five years younger than he is now. This kid is 10. Oh, shit. Principal photography began in October 2015. Yeah, okay. That makes more sense because the kid is young, man. He is young in that movie. And as the older brother, he's hilarious. But in Young Sheldon, he's playing a 17-year-old kid. He's dropped out of school. He's driving this bitch and Mustang and working at Craig T. Nelson's sporting goods shop because Craig T. was boning his grandma. And uh, he gets the lo- he gets the weather girl pregnant, convinces her he's an adult. They go out drinking, and he gets the weather girl pregnant. And this like whole season revolves around Georgie got this girl pregnant, and she doesn't want to marry a seventeen year old. So the mom got kicked out of the you know the local church. Because her her son's about to have a bastard, and she was kind of high up in the church, and it's a bad look. And Sheldon and his sister fucking crack up. Sheldon, it starts with like Sheldon going to college, and uh, uh, what's his name from Princess Bride plays like his main professor who also dates Annie. Manny oh, Wallace Shawn. What was the one Mitch said? Wallace Shawn. Inconceivable. Shawn. Yeah, Wallace Shawn plays one of them, and then uh. Bagley plays the other one and they're like the adults in Sheldon's life while he's at college but just like a kid who's a super genius and like really spectrumy being in East Texas in the 80s is a fun premise it's just it's just a bunch of people who are as simple as can be and this kid who is thinking on like 40 chess level confusing them constantly don't they live in new york in the big bang theory the kids do because they went to school there uh, i guess people do move That's and also i happens. believe i believe they live is it new york i don't know I never watched was, that show i thought it was california i, I think it's they were california yeah, yeah, I think it's Caltech. Man, I forgot Annie Potts was one of the foreign designing women. Yeah, dude. Annie Potts is a smoke show. <clears throat> yeah, her hair not so much, but she was great. Her hair? Yeah, I didn't dig her hair at one point. Oh, okay. I dig it now. It's yeah, all great. No, shit, nothing a bun. Yeah, I agree. She's great. She's funny. She's good actress. She's got good energy. She's, she's running an underground casino out of the back of the laundromat she bought. Oh, yeah? <laughs> has to pay off the local Texas cops. She gets busted smuggling cigarettes back from Mexico. Annie Uh, Potts rules in this fucking show. Oh, wow. This old photo of her. Interesting. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not going to check that show out, though. That's Young Sheldon? Yeah, it's too far gone. Yeah, um, I've gone too far. There's a lot the of teacher comedy in it. Out of the pier. Have you ever had a kid who was just way too wildly smart to be in your class, Matt? Yes. Is it weird? Um. Well, it's unfortunate. You know, and the, the biggest unfortunate part is just the disparity that typically I work with students that don't have the skills. So when I have a student that does and wants to be challenged, I just lack the capacity to do so because I'm too busy worrying about the majority yeah. of the people that need it. But you've never had a kid where you were like, oh, like, we need to talk to your parents about you going to college now. Well, we got a student who's going to be done in December, and I'd say he's kind of at that level. On that. That's yeah. nuts, man. I can't imagine how weird that would be. Well, he's, he's not that level of, of like Sheldon. No, but not like Sheldon level, not being like nine and going to college, but 
those kids who were like 12, 13, 14 and already ready to be freshmen in college. Yeah. I mean, this is just, he's a smart dude. So Damn. yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. The, uh, the dad on young Sheldon is the really sloppy drunk friend from always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh yeah. He's, uh, Bruce, whatever his name is. Yeah. He's married to the lady that turned herself into a cat. Yeah. 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 Uh, Dennis is ex. Bruce McCulloch. No, is that what his name is on right. the show. No. I like Wallace Sean, though. He's always been pretty funny. He's pretty great as like a physicist mentor to this child. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause it very quickly turns into him wanting to bang his grandma. And it's a fun dynamic for this little, you know, kid on a spectrum who doesn't understand interpersonal relationships to be like, why are you not, why are you using me? What's happening here for her? <laughs> she's dumb. Why do you want her? She can't even talk to you about anything cool. <laughs> Bruce McCulloch is one of the kids in the hall. There you go. And it's McCullough. Mm. McCullough. Bruce McCullough. Bill Not my favorite also. kid, but he's oh, in I, the I, five or six. I, speaking of 90s comedy, I figured something out this week with my own eyes. What's that? Drew Carey sucks at improv. Oh? Yeah, I mean, I love him to death. He's one of my comedy heroes. That's why he but, hosted it. Yeah, it is why he hosted it. I watched him play the games for an hour and a half, and holy donkey dick. Uh, they were being <laughs> outright demeaning and mean to him on stage, and not like in the fun way they do it once in a while on the show. Oh, like, wow. They were, they were talking down to him. He he was having a hard time. And they've been on the road for like eight months. So the fact that he's still not able to keep up is pretty funny. What is this on? Uh, it was at the Paramount in Denver. Oh, shit. You went and saw it? Yeah, with Proops and Jeff B. Davis and Little Murray. Colin Murray. and Ryan weren't there? No, Colin as or Ryan had something going on and nobody tours with Colin because he's a dickhead. Really? Right. Yeah, he tu- he tours with Colin Sherwood like pretty much exclusively or him and Brad Sherwood and he he doesn't tour with the rest of the group. I don't think he's so much a dickhead as like a devastatingly weird guy. Mm. But Drew Carey was there at the Paramount? Yeah, he was filling in for Ryan because Ryan had something going on once the tour started, so Drew did a bunch of fill-in dates, and uh, man, Drew Carey was having a hard time. At, at the end of the show, they came back out to do the hoedown. You guys all watched Who's Live, right? Of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, so they came back out to do the hoedown, and, uh, you know, like, uh, Joel Murray just, you know, cranks one out of the park right away, he gets up, hits it on the first go-around on the music, and then Drew's next, and it was like watching a guy with no legs try to figure out how to play double dutch, because... <laughs> Like the the old guy, the doc is playing. Doc also tours with him from the old show. Doc's playing the music, and he's not like restarting the music every time Drew misses the cue. He just plays through the verse and then goes back to the front. I think Drew missed the cue seven times. Oh, geez. And then, like, jokingly, and like you could see he was uncomfortable, and then jokingly was like, Hey, uh, folks, that's why we edit the one on TV. And it wasn't one of them. Jeff and Greg at the same time were like, we don't fucking edit this for TV. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like in unison through their mics. And it was not like a practiced fun bit. (laughs) It was, I mean, dude hasn't had to flex his comedy muscles in a long time. He's just been telling people the prices of beans and shit for cars. (laughs) 
Well, after they both said we don't edit this, Drew was like, if you pay attention to the show, I'm almost never in the musical bit. Right. Yeah. I mean, Man. it seemed like they liked him, but they were being mean. Bring back Clive Anderson or whatever the fuck his name was. The old host from the BBC? Yeah. You were correct, I believe. Hmm. Who Clive are the four fun. guys that are on the show, on the tour? On the tour, it's Joel Murray. That Bill is Murray's Joel Larry. Yep, I know him. Yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. He can do an impression of Dan Aykroyd that'll make you shit your pants. Doesn't surprise me. Yep. He told he told the story about the first time he went to SNL. He was 15 years old and did cocaine with this really creepy looking woman with crazy white hair, and then found out later from his brother that that was Andy Warhol. <laughs> And I skipped a bunch of it because it's not my story to tell, but it's like one of the best bar stories I've ever heard in my fucking life. Oh, my God. Yeah, but can slip into a Dan Aykroyd that's like, oh, it's chilling. It's chilling. And then Jeff B. Davis, who is also on Who's Line. Yeah. Um, he's one of my very favorite human beings that has ever walked the planet. Hmm. That dude is like old school Hollywood, but dumb 90s alt kid pervy dumb humor. Mm -hmm. I love him. If you want to watch a great video, there's this video of him singing uh, some Everybody Calls Me Pringles Dick on YouTube. <laughs> and it's uh, I sing that shit all the time. <laughs> I, uh, I like the Murray Brothers. And I think, yeah, this guy's in one of my favorite movies. This God Murray. bless America? Uh, no, man. One Crazy Summer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Savage, Joel's the shit, dude. Savage Steve Holland movie. Yeah, he's awesome. As long as you don't ask him about... Like, because I've seen people do it in the bar at the Brown Palace and stuff. As long as you're not like, well, and you can ask just like, oh, man, it's like, what's your brother like? And he'll say, but like, if you start asking for like stories and shit, which people do, yeah. he turns off and he's not a dick, but he just quits being fun. No, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Like, and totally there's like a huge a huge age disparity because like that came up one night naturally where he was just like, yeah, and everybody thinks I knew my brother so well. I mean, I was 15 when he was in his fucking late twenties on SNL. Like we, we, he wasn't in Chicago with me. Like I, yeah. I knew him till I was like eight or nine years old and then he was gone. Like it, we weren't close. He was so much older than me. We weren't doing shit together. Yeah. Yeah. They got so many brothers, right? Yeah. But he get, he got stoked the first time I met him when I asked about Doyle. Yeah. What about Brian like, Doyle? I was like, your older brother's like one of my heroes. So like he was at Second City first. Was he the first one with the bug? Tell me about your older brother. And like that one, he was like, oh, yeah, he's great. Um, He was so much older that I had a relationship with him because he was like an adult already. He wasn't like a teenager wanting out of the house. He was like, oh, somebody yeah. would take his kid brother out to like do shit and go to the movies. And he's like, so like a lot of the cool stuff, like all the reasons I love comedy were him and like loved going on about that. But I'm sure he doesn't get prodded about brian doyle murphy very often yeah dude brian doyle he's he's a fucking flying dutchman on spongebob yeah but the same way that i'm sure ron howard loves to talk about his brother but that probably doesn't <laughs> go the other way around <laughs> that's true yeah because i'm sure ron's not getting asked that often like how's your brother he's like one of my favorites how's Is he, he doing? still the unofficial brother sponsor of broadcast geeks yeah. <laughs> I talked with him briefly in Telluride. I say briefly, uh, like I, I said something to him and he responded. You were like, hey, Clint, does this uh, rag smell like chloroform? Oh, I wish. I wish I had my moment. I didn't want to force it. <laughs> I wish. I didn't want to force it. Uh, so I just, I, I lost my opportunity, but I don't it, know, man. it was cool. I feel like he's the level of famous and came from a level of fame where he would appreciate somebody just coming up and being normal. Like if you would have just walked up and been like, Hey man, 
Like, this is crazy. You enjoying the festival? Can I buy I you a this. drink? <laughs> he'd be like, yeah. Well, he was with his like, wife. Um, yeah, he'd I, be like, I'll buy this broad a drink too. And I saw him at breakfast and he was in a robe both both times. Uh, they were really they were really digging those robes. And were they good robes? They were they were nice, actually. Yeah, I used them at the pool or at the hot tub, whatever. He uh I, I said, I asked him how his how his show went, because he had a he had a thing there. And he said it went he said it went good. They had a good time. I was like, all right, cool. Hell yeah. That rules. Yeah. I'm sure. like, how about this fun. intercontinental breakfast, huh? <laughs> it was one of the ugliest good. people to ever be led into SAG. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I mean, he's in the top 10%. He also walks like a, he kind of walks like an Igor. <laughs> I don't know how else to describe <laughs> it. But... Yes, master. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. Uh, Rance Howard famously sewed him together from old corpses. <laughs> It's actually just uh, it's, yeah, Vincent Price and Bryce had a fucking kid together. There was no woman involved. <laughs> yeah, it's my working theory that Clint Howard is a Edward Scissorhands type situation. <laughs> I mean, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Ron feels like he has to take care of him. You know, I'll tell you though, he looks a lot like uh Randy Quaid, but mm-hmm. but I don't know if he's got the same uh beliefs. No, I think he's much more normal. <laughs> I don't know. I'm telling you, man. That's a, that's not a high bar. That's this is a low, low, low bar. <laughs> I know homeless people that have got it more together than Randy Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's got a big beard going and uh it looks great. Yeah, you know what? I saw a picture of him in something where he had a giant burly beard going, and I was like, that kind of normals up your face. A bit. Yeah, he looks a little wild. Oh, a little bit. Yeah, yeah I'd like, say I mean I know I'm dogging on Clint Howard when I full on look like this, so I mean <laughs> no disrespect, Mr. Howard. Mitch, your eyes are spaced correctly and your face is symmetrical, so do not compare yourself to Clint Howard. True. I, I guarantee to you my face is not symmetrical i don't think it's symmetrical either it's symmetrical <laughs> i tried to even up my beard way too and i've broken down crying just being like i think my face is just crooked everyone's face is crooked no one's perfectly symmetrical clint howard is like noticeably from 20 feet not symmetrical <laughs> They they, they have a term they have a term in car culture called a twenty footer and that's a paint job that looks good from twenty feet. Clint <laughs> Howard's a forty footer. <laughs> twenty feet up, you can already tell that motherfucker was painted with a broom. I I love him so he's so good in movies. Oh yeah, he rules. He commits to everything. He's a great actor. Sometimes he's great at being a bad actor. He just rules. Yeah. Um, I'm, it's, I'm it's exquisite in. acting. It's acting that's so bad it goes all the way around to being great again. He's definitely been featured on that a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Definitely. What's the one with him and the bear? Uh Gentleman. There you go. I think there was some Gentle Ben ones that they did a whole sequence of for And Howard ones. was the kid in Gentle Ben. Yeah, that get was the his... fuck out of here! Really? Yeah, that was yeah. his start. Holy shit! I mean, he was also on uh, what's that show? Um, Mayberry. Uh... RFD. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Andy oh, Griffith he was show. in Andy Griffith show. Yeah, yeah, he was one of Opie's friends. Nopey, because he looked close. <laughs> <laughs> Opie and Nopey. Because <laughs> he looks, he looked kind of similar, but not enough. <laughs> not enough. He was that's twenty foot nopey, dude. <laughs> yeah, not full human. Don Knotts lost sight in one of his eyes by looking into. <laughs> 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 
Uh, uh, uh. We should we should come up with a whole bunch of Clint Howard, Chuck Norris type thing. Yeah, this could be our uh, Liam Neeson's cock. <laughs> Clint Howard's forehead is so big. How big is it? Clint Howard's forehead is so big. It's got its own legacy, Hollywood family. <laughs> His face also does stuff. Clint Howard's forehead is what, so big. What that mouth do? <laughs> it's also got its own zip code much like the empire state building you know it's funny you don't you don't look at ron howard and think of it um but he's as bald as clint right but he's always wearing a hat so you never realize it. you're like oh he looks like he's he's fine and then what happened you're like what happened to his brother clint because he's got no hair well i think it has to do with like clint's head is shaped like a guitar pick <laughs> yeah if you put him in a headlock it'd be like putting a pumpkin under your arm yeah I, I i think it has a lot to do with general head shape i don't think it's the horseshoe effect i think it's, it's clint's head like he looks like a gray alien wearing a human Halloween costume. He's definitely the the Rand the the Randy and this Quaid relationship. Oh yeah. <laughs> but him and like Red Foreman have more similar heads. Oh yeah. Uh what's what's uh what's his name? Oh if you say it, I'll know it because it's a crazy name. Ah. His last name is nuts, right? Lance Bodiger. No, see I, I always look at him and I wanna say it's um, uh it's red fuck, fuck what is his well, name? i always want to say lance henriksen but it's not he's like the tv version kurtwood smith yeah kurtwood Kurt smith yeah, yeah his Kurt last Wood. name is regular what are you talking about it's the first name sorry it's kurtwood kurtwood yeah for some reason when i think of him i also think of um michael ironside okay that's what i meant to say who um is the, the much more badass version of kurtwood smith well they do look a little similar ish one looks more religiously yeah which one would you rather fist fight um that's Howard, a good question sure. Cl- <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Kurtwood Smith. Kurtwood Smith would break his foot off in your ass. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't want to fight Kurtwood Smith. He comes across as a bad motherfucker. What nah, about dude, Michael Ironside? You... That guy's oh. pretty badass too. That's what I'm saying. Him or or Kurtwood? I know. Uh... I thought Mitch was just going for the best joke ever. <laughs> if I was put in a fight between Michael Ironside or Kurtwood Smith, I would punch the shit out of Clint Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Like, am I cool now, guys? <laughs> hey, this guy's pretty cool. Michael Ironside. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You remember him? Yeah, dude. Total Recall? I, I'm still fucking scared of Kurtwood Smith, so I would go with... I think I like my chances better against Michael Ironside. Uh, yeah, Michael Ironside did the voice of Darkseid on the Harley Quinn cartoon. Whoa, cool. I didn't know that. Pretty awesome. I always get Michael Ironside confused with that wheelchair detective show ironside <laughs> wheels in the I leg man uh wheels in the leg man oh that was <laughs> such a mitch are you caught up on american dad i am not damn how far behind are you uh the last one i watched was the the mall one. Oh yeah I, I, well i think you're only one behind yeah oh the fucking wheels the last wheels episode was so good <laughs> yeah that's really good fuck that show's so good it's so i think it's the most unsung thing of all the things he does oh yeah dude american dad is easily 
the best Seth MacFarlane animated show. Um, I was going to say the best best show Seth MacFarlane does, but clearly we have to distinguish because the Orville is the best uh, live action show. I think American Dad's a better product than the Orville. Oh, totally. But uh, if we we have to we have to split it up because my man Seth he does so much shit. You're right. He's, gonna be a, he's doing a, a show for Peacock. It's a the weekly series of Ted, the talking. Oh, nice, nice. Uh, I'm almost caught up on uh, the good Star Trek. Nice, yeah, dude. It was making me so happy that you watched uh, the the two parter where Isaac betrays the crew and ends up saving them. I it it turns out that's where I fell off because I think that was like after the mid season break they came back and did that big run Mm -hmm. that just happened to be where I quit watching on fox back in the day and then where am i at now i'm trying to find where i'm at sorry it's all good i mean i'm just glad you watched the one where bordas and clyden are smoking the cigarettes that one fuck man i smoked so many cigarettes (laughs) it is like i have been standing my whole life and i have just now sat down yeah i was like god he's right i need a cigarette right now I i was chain smoking like i was doing a podcast yeah dude and when Bordis unzips the fucking pillow and dumps them out, and there's like 60 or 70 cigarettes inside that pillow. God, the first time so I saw that, man. When he laugh. ate it? Oh, yeah. That, that fucked me up. I laughed pretty hard. I'm on episode eight. Uh, is that the one where they have to go back in time and get Malloy? No, I already saw that one. Jesus fucking Christ. What a hard episode, man. Oh, dude, now you see what I'm talking about, where I was like, man, I am fucking sobbing. Yeah, twice in a lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, that is uh, rough. There's an episode where one of the crew of the Orville gets sent back in time uh, through temporal fuckery. Accidental shenanigans, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) and uh, so it's a sequel to this episode where he, he finds this cell phone in the time capsule and basically falls in love with the lady who put the phone in the time capsule. Mm-hmm. And then in the sequel episode, when he gets sent back in time, uh, the Orville, like he sends out his distress call. But when they go back to um, when they figure out how to go back in time and get him, they they're 10 years too late. So they find out that he went and found the girl whose phone it was and mm-hmm. started a life with her and has kids and she's pregnant. and. Wow. But he's yeah, broken yeah. all these temporal laws and they, they like want to take him back to the ship to prosecute him because he did these things he wasn't supposed to do. Yeah, to mess and, with the timeline. And there's like really, really emotional arguments in it that are acted really well by everyone, including Seth MacFarlane, who seems like not in a shit talky way, but it seems like he maybe took some acting classes between seasons. Oh, really? Yeah, like he's a lot better in this third season and maybe that stress levels on how he has control over it. I don't know, but he seems much more proficient at acting in this season than he has in the other two. And I don't think this is the best season. I think season two is better in my opinion so far. I did, You know, I like it all. I'm not going to play favorites with my babies, but I could definitely see why you'd say that. Cause definitely the, some of the episodes are like, Holy shit. There's still like 48 minutes left in this episode. A lot of them drag ass. Every single episode is feature length. Uh, 
I don't think they needed to be. I think that's one of the things where you can see like the network keeping him at 44 minutes maybe made maybe some of the early fighting. episodes better than they should have been. Yeah, they tightened it up. Like the tale of two topas, dude, it takes so long. Like you don't hit the story till halfway through. That's true. Like there's a handful of episodes where like the whole front half of the story is just kind of meandering ship ship bullshit. Like just mm. day in, day out life on the ship. And yeah. then like small little hints at what's going to come, but really long casted foreshadowing. Yeah. I think the last three episodes of the Domino season, Future, Future Unknown, Domino and Midnight Blue. You watch the one where they found the Isaac robot that like it's a different robot, but it, it gained the, the emotion chip. Yeah. And now Isaac turns into that human. Is that the same guy who does the voice? Yeah. Okay, I can't tell because it seems like they're having him both speak in real life and doing ADR. I think he is, yeah. He's he's in the suit and he does the ADR. Yeah, but I mean, even when he's human, the way his mouth mm-hmm. moves and stuff, I think they're doing ADR. Mm-hmm. I, think I think he's, he's speaking British. in person. When, yes, but when he speaks as Isaac and he's human form, his like mouth... His mouth is very... Yeah, I'm basically doing data from Star Trek, the next generation. But his mouth, like, doesn't move. It's just He's very... got that fucking Toho Godzilla redub kind of thing going on. Yeah, but it lines up. It's just like his mouth doesn't look like it's making the noises. Hmm. Maybe he's just a really good ventriloquist. It does weird Uncanny Valley shit to me. Where yeah. I'm like, attack it. Attack it. Kill it. Kill it. <laughs> Kill it. What's the doctor's name? Claire. Dr. Claire. Finn. Come on, Dr. Finn. Kill that motherfucker. It ain't real. It ain't real. She's uh, banging a robot, dude. The Norm MacDonald thing where they acknowledged it. That was pretty sad. But you see what I was talking about where, like, at the beginning of the season, he has lines and then eventually he's just, like, rerouting power and then eventually he's yeah. just a background character. Yeah, which is kind of chicken shit. Like, I don't know. Just relegating a character who's been part of the main cast for two and a half years to a background character instead of acknowledging that somebody died seems sort of chicken shit yeah how do you kill a gelatinous blob you haven't sacrificed himself for the team that's true (laughs) yeah you haven't do something like when he went into isaac and like blew up the thing and then he's burnt and then survived Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you just have him do something like that heroic where it doesn't work out this time Mm -hmm. definitely would give more emotional heft to that character but boy oh boy are you in for some emotional half in the last three episodes of the season? How far into it did you get, Matt? Into which? Orville. Not not far. Oh, you never even started it? Oh, no. I, I watched a couple episodes from the first season a while back, and I never picked it up again. I think it is worth watching. I do think it's the best version of Star Trek there's ever been. Yeah, yeah, you said that. And I'll probably get to it at some point. I mean, like I said, we really like Seth MacFarlane, so there's no reason why we haven't already watched it. There's just so much to watch in so little time. Yeah. Whoa. What the hell was that? You trying to romance me? I was. Nice. It sounded Israeli. I don't know. I clicked on this video and something happened. Dude, you play that Israeli music and slather hummus on me. That's how it all yeah. gets started. It was about to be a, a girl looking at a cheetah at a zoo. And I don't know why that, that music came on. That could work. Nice. <laughs> I don't know. If that's what people want to hear, they should let us know. The cheetah is not the fastest thing in the bedroom tonight. <laughs> I'll, get, I'll get more of that content if it's if it's wanted yeah was that the uh was that the cue to to do the thing yeah the thing okay. with the stuff the thing with the stuff hey if you want to do the thing with the stuff you can write us an email at broadcastgeeks at gmail.com or you can uh you can follow us on our facebook page give us a like on there interact with our posts do some comments and shit um 
or you can go to at broadcast geeks on Twitter, broadcast underscore geeks on Instagram. You can go to our Reddit page, r slash broadcast geeks, or you can just follow and like and share the podcast from one of our many podcast places uh, that you get your podcasts, whether it's Podbean, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Apple Podcasts, or you can just come back and listen to this again wherever you get your podcast. Uh, but until next time, dear listener, we'll leave you with our signature sign-off line. Excelsior. 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 Yeah, I'm in charge. <laughs>